Double Dane Yakshimayesh. This is Radio Kiev here tonight at the Village Ukraine with Rob, Rob, Cindy, and Trevor. Welcome to the Social Business Hangout featuring Robert Levine, your social business mentor. The Social Business Hangout podcast series is available on iTunes. This podcast was recorded at Village Ukraine. Welcome everybody, this is the Social Business Hangout. My name is Robert Levine and we are recording this at Village Ukraine at the 40th anniversary of the Brantford International Villages and with me today is... Trevor Sharuka. And Trevor, what I'd like to do before we get into the second half of this podcast is I'd like to get a sense of why an international village. There's 40 years of history here. Maybe go back in time. You've been obviously there most of your life. Give me a bit of a history of uh, Brantford and the international villages. Sure. What comes to mind is the beginning of them. Uh, they really wanted to celebrate the 100 years of Alexander Graham Bell making a long-distance phone call. So they said, why not get all the ethnic groups together and have a celebration? That then turned into what is now known as the International Villages. The first year we didn't have passports or anything, but after that they did have the passports. And the villages have been fairly similar to what you see now. Uh, the 80s, um, as our guests that are also with us uh, can attest, the 80s were huge for the villages. Uh, there were, it was we did uh, eight nights of villages. There were 20. 2021 uh, somebody saying more than eight nights of villages 21 villages that were uh, or 21 plus villages that were around and it was a real good celebration of all the ethnic groups that were within the Brant County region now what would be some of those obviously it's evolved over the years but what are some of the ethnic communities that have had villages over the years uh, well sure there's a traditional European ones the Polish one Hungarian one the other Polish one ours the Ukrainian one and the German one uh, a couple that come to mind that are my favorites were the uh, Canadian pioneer which uh, were if you were uh, underage you had to go to that village per se I won't say any more about that uh, New York New York was a great uh, village as well when I was younger I remember that everybody going to that one uh, there were the Jamaican villages um, there's been a lot of villages that have come and gone um, and that and there the, a lot of them are starting to come back now because the ethnic centers in Brantford are growing mm-hmm. and so. you know just recently I noticed also there's a, an Indian village and I know in Brantford that that's a resurging community as well in the yep. area so it, it's really evolved over the years as to which communities obviously uh, showcase or whatnot you mentioned the passport that's something that came into it is that an ability for people to kind of experience the full thing walk me a bit through the passport sure what you do is you purchase a passport this year they're ten dollars and what that allows you to do is is experience all the villages. It doesn't allow you to jump the line in the village. You still have to stand in line, but you pay. It's one pay once and experience all the villages, um, and that. And when you experience them, you get uh, the experience their culture through music, through food, through visual, through their arts, through their people, through their community, through their dancing, um, and that. So that uh, that's a great way to see the village. You can also buy a one day kind of village hopper. Uh, pass I think is about six or seven dollars but it's definitely a better value to buy the passport. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned something there where there's obviously food, there, there's dancing and whatnot. You've obviously gone to a lot of the different villages over the years. Kind of give me a sense for some of the activities and foods that you know a person would experience with that passport. So you've seen my waistline so you know I've experienced a lot of the foods. Um, well, with, with ours, uh, we have the traditional Ukrainian food. If you go to the Polish, Hungarian, or German, you get their traditional foods. Most of the European ones, they're actually made by uh, grandmothers, babas is what we would call grandmothers. Um, and some of the other ones, they have a younger generation that's making them, and it's very flavorful, and, it, uh, it, and it's really a taste of their 
their country their, and their culture. Mm -hmm. Now, you are doing something this year that you probably haven't done for a few years. You're actually dancing at Village Ukraine as part of the reunion dancers. Before we get into a much deeper conversation about the dance and whatnot, your, your thoughts on uh, you know the Ukrainian village and the dancing specifically and what the reunion dancers mean to you? Specifically for myself, I've been waiting for the invitation. Um, and that, I'm like, when are they going to ask me to join and, and jump up on stage? So when uh, when Rob, Paul, and Cindy Aldgate came and said, hey, you know what, it's 40th anniversary, let's put together a reunion dance uh, group, I was, I'm like, I'll sign up right now. Like I, and, and I loved dancing when I was younger, and I loved the stage. So for me, it was a no-brainer. And the people who came back, and I... Uh, Rob will have more specific numbers than Cindy. I think there's 18. Those people were the people that when they were younger, they also loved dancing and that. And uh, they enjoyed it. And it's great for all of us to be on stage. Some of us danced together when we were younger. So some people haven't danced together for 20 years. Some of us danced... Um, they didn't dance with anyone in the reunion, reunion group, but they danced at a specific time and period. So they're getting to dance with people who were from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Mm -hmm. Now, something that, that you brought up, obviously, the dancing is a big part. We had an event a couple of weeks ago, which kind of like was a preview to the International Villages. And I got to tell you, we were there. We watched the band on stage. The dancing, not on the stage, but the dancing you know, on the dance floor was quite spectacular in its own right. Your, your thoughts on the dancing culture within Ukraine specifically? Oh, uh, uh, dancing is is absolutely part of our culture. One thing that we do is, is we we we, uh, we have music, we enjoy music, and we dance. Whether we're if you're in the hills, it's one type of dancing. If you're in the north, it's a different type of dancing. If you're in the south, um, but dancing is all has always been a key part of the Ukrainian culture. And as you saw. Um, when the music started, people that were in the crowd just started doing, you know, polkas. They started doing, uh, you know, Ukrainian steps. What like, they they just they expressed their. Uh their uh, energy through their dance. Mm -hmm. At the end of the night, something else happened that I didn't expect to happen. You know, it was the end of the night, the band was over or whatnot, and it was almost like a showcase or a show-off almost, yes. or a dance-off. You know, and I'm quite familiar with dance-offs. What it was that? Uh, that was the Kolomanka. So th say that again? Kolomanka. Okay. And uh, uh, you would probably want to talk to Rob and Cindy about that. Um, I was the videographer of it. I did not join in because I, I thought, oh, I, I, these guys were having a great time, and I, and, uh, I wanted to videotape it just to, for their energy. But what it was essentially was we've all been at a party where they play like a song like Rasputin, and everybody wants to do like a down up, down up, and it lasts for about eight, 16 beats or, or 24 beats. This was literally nine minutes of uh, pure, unadulterated Ukrainian. Tomfoolery. Mm -hmm. So now, obviously, we want to now shift over to the second half of the interview, where we're going to get more into depth yep. about the dancing. Your final thoughts on the International Village and what it means to a city like Brantford or any other community? Because to me, culture is the core of a community. I, I would say this: uh, it, it, the city of Brantford is a melting pot of, uh, of ethnicity. But if we if we don't embrace the culture, it becomes forgotten. So for myself, I grew up with the villages through the 80s. And when I started having kids, uh, to, you know, about 12 years ago, I came back and said, you know, I really want this to be part of my kids' future. And because they don't get the cultural experience at school. So this was a way for me, because we don't have this lifestyle in our even in our house, but a way for me to show my kids, you're a Ukrainian, this is where you come 
from, this is our food, this, these are our people, and that. So for me, it's very important, and, uh, and uh, as you've seen from the lineups, uh, the city of Brantford is really embracing the villages. Now you have four kids dancing yes. at the event. As a father, what it mean? What does it mean to see your kids now on stage? Uh, pretty excited. Uh, my wife Tabitha actually danced at the German Village, so so we were we both came in. Uh, uh, we, we were both dancers when we were younger, but it's uh, it's a very proud moment. It's as equally proud as when I see them um, uh, on the track and field or when they, they score a goal in hockey. When they're on stage, it, it's equally as proud. Perfect. Thank you, Trevor. We're now going to segue over. Welcome back. We're at the Brantford International Villages, and specifically we're at Village Ukraina. And with me today is... Rob Paul. Cindy Allgate. Now, you are the instructors of the dancers that we got to see today, but more importantly, you actually were also part of the reunion dancers, and you know, it's one thing to, to as you said it best, there's those that teach and those that do. So maybe let's start right off there. As an instructor that actually got back, you know, and I'm sure you've been dancing all this time, but got back with a, a group of people that you've probably been dancing with on and off for 40, 30, 20, yep. 10 years. Yep. Uh, your thoughts on the reunion dancers? It was fabulous. Uh, like Trevor said, that we got a chance to dance with people that we didn't dance with over the years, people that we danced with uh, in previous years. For myself, I danced at the other Ukrainian hall in the 80s, so when I came here, I didn't return back to dance till six years ago, and then retired again after that. I got to dance with people that I never got to dance with before, and it was a great experience. It was um, exhilarating to be all together. Mm -hmm. Now, there's got to be some form of bonding when you're on stage with a bunch of people, because you're pretty much letting it all hang out, for lack of a better statement. you you got a crowd in front of you. You're, you're showcasing something you've been practicing for a while. Your thoughts on being a reunion dancer as well as an instructor? Uh, actually, it started right from the very first practice from our reunion dancing we had this connection as soon as you walked in the door to come back and dance you could see the excitement in people's faces you could see that we were here because we loved it and that connection started right from practice number one and it just got so much comfortable uh, more comfortable and so much more relaxed and we started to have fun and the connection now that we were on stage and we've been on stage and we've got three more nights of being on stage it's just something to look forward to and it's uh, a lot of fun and like Cindy said exhilarating when you're on stage and that just sparkle that you see when somebody's out there doing a step it's fabulous mm -hmm. I want to get into obviously the evolution of dance because we've seen little pros we've seen the juniors we've seen mm -hmm. the intermediates and the seniors but going back to the dancing Trevor kind of hinted at it dancing is very much in the Ukrainian culture and it's the kind of that glue that pulls you all together so without talking about dancing on the stage more the dancing in general where is dancing in the Ukrainian culture it's a, a celebration it's a celebrate it's to show off it's to enjoy the life that's happening it's a wedding it's a coming back from war it's to show the girls it's coming into those teenage years celebrating a good harvest yep. celebrating a, a Sunday night with family it can happen anytime and anywhere and different regions have different types of dances and um, all of it is all about celebrating. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I know that Ukraine, uh, for, for, as a country, has had obviously some hard times over the years. Dancing is probably the cheapest form of entertainment because it's literally a couple of people doing a beat and a few people. Is that one of the reasons why it's so ingrained in the culture? Because it, it is just that 
easy, for lack of a better statement, to just get together and dance? It's where you forget about everything for the day, for the moment, for the political stuff, and you sit back with family, friends, and enjoy performing. Mm -hmm. Enjoy watching others perform and just celebrating anything. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as that music comes on, your feet instantly start dancing. Now, the music that I heard, it seems to be, what, a three count for the most part? Yes. So maybe, because to me, I'm used to a four count. I'm a metalhead and everything for the most part is a four count. Let's start right there. What is with the three count? Is that like a polka? That is a polka beat. Okay. And where, where does that originate? Because to me, I'm, I'm used to, as I mentioned, four counts seem to be what's mainstream. I've always known the three count. Really? To me, I, even when I dance to a four count music, I still do a three count. I'm always, that's, I've just always known it. It's the European culture yeah, and tradition of an accordion, because that's usually what it is. It's an accordion and either the spoons or the drums or anything that you can put a beat to. And that's how music started and that's how they danced to it. Mm -hmm. So the accordion was the staple instrument and any percussion around it was was whatever they could pull from the kitchen or or the backyard or whatnot because something I noticed and I mentioned this earlier there was a party a week or so ago with the preview and you had a great band on stage and they would do the traditional music and people would come out and dance and then they would do something modern that had a slightly different beat or whatnot and the floor emptied out How, how much of that is just what they're used to versus the the beats per mm-hmm. like like is the dance because you know, let's be honest when you look at modern dancing it's pretty lazy dancing compared to some of the high energy yeah. dancing I saw. What I can say is with the celebration we had two weeks ago, I think for the most part a lot of those have that European blood, so the three beat is more familiar for them. That is what moves their feet. That is what makes their heart beat faster. That was that is what grips in them and wants to dance whereas the four beat just isn't quite the same for them it doesn't catch them as much it doesn't have that raw emotion or that right. deep connection yeah, so, so it's almost as if your heart beats at a three yeah. beat as opposed <laughs> to a double you beat you hear a polka and your feet can't stop we do have one senior dancer that when she's having a down day I'll get a text message from her saying I'm having a rough day I put in the whole pock and just listened to the music and it made me feel better you brought up the whole pock, and I've got to experience it. It's nine minutes of just pure energy. What is the, the, the breakdown of the whole pock? Like, it's, it's clearly a structured evolution. It just grows and grows, and the beat gets faster and faster, and the energy just builds. The, the whole pock is the ultimate Ukrainian dance. It is the finale. It is the showcase of Ukrainian dancing. Um, really, it's the highest form of celebration for the Ukrainians. Uh, it's a way to show off. It's a way to uh, be individual and do the steps that you like and also be as a group and join and do the boys and girls steps. And then the girls come out and flare their beautiful costumes and smiles. And then the boys come out and say, yes, I can do that. And they're off doing high leg kicks and high stepping steps. And it's just a culmination of every type of feeling into that dance and that's what it is you you feel the whole pock it's in mm-hmm. you and uh, it's just a fantastic party and i'm sure you know that having seen the crowd react to it it's hard not to get the crowd clapping and it just grows on themselves you brought up the outfits and the colors and whatnot maybe talk to me a bit about the the outfit and the wear every cult every um section of ukraine has a different 
costume. We wear, for Hopak ourselves, we wear from the Poltava region. There is the Bokovana, there is the Hutzels in the mountains. So the dance is different in each region. The costume is different. But everybody knows the Hopak because I think it is the most colorful and the most flamboyant, for lack of a better word, to show off with. Mm -hmm. um, some of the pieces do have traditions with them. Um, but for the most part, everybody strives to get to that final step and get to wear that big costume, mm -hmm. to wear those colors, to wear... The boys don't change as much, but their steps in the costume change so that it looks so much amazing. And those, the shadowai, the pants, when they, they pop they out, flare they up and flare pop, out, yeah. and they just look amazing in those older steps. Mm -hmm. And well, that comes with strength. Yeah, so, so definitely outfits are linked to a particular song. So in the case yeah. of, what was the other one the seniors did uh, prior? Bukovina. Yeah, so maybe talk to me about that one. Yeah, the Bukovina is a very high kicking. It's got a lot of circles and spins and uh, um, stomping in it. And it's uh, the Western Ukrainian region. And uh, that's a type of, of dance that they do there. Uh, the intermediates dance the hutzel, and that's another uh, mountain type of um, dance. There, and you see where, it even the way they dress on that one is very mountainous looking. Exactly, and it's more harvest, celebrating a good harvest, um, end of the end of the season type of dance. Um, so that was that tradition, and then the Poltava is the um, party um, hopak dance too. Mm -hmm. Like the central region of Ukraine, like yes. uh, like our Toronto. So Toronto's a little more flamboyant, a little more uh, colorful. Everything's happening there. That's where the energy is, as opposed to the outskirts of. Mm -hmm. So Poltava region is more of our like our capital mm -hmm. and our center core. And the, I'm sure the economics play into that as well as you get away yeah. from the center hubs. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have the clothes or, or the budget for the clothes, okay. and it becomes a bit more reserved. I'm guessing mm -hmm. as well. Um, you've obviously you know, as you say, you start young, you, you dance and dance, you've got the little pros, you've got the juniors, the intermediates. Maybe walk me through the evolution of dance. How do you, how does a child that's, you know, six years old, what would, what would be the earliest that they would start? The youngest that I, the youngest dancer I have right now is four. Usually really? I don't start them till five. Uh, and it's uh, understanding, if they can understand the structure and count to three, they pretty much can start. Mm -hmm. And we just work our way through. And so wh where would you start, though? Obviously, because some of them may not have the body strength to do some of the... Right. the, the Because you, you saw them, even on stage, different groups, uh, you know... Do could, different, yeah. different levels. Um, we do this, I do the basics with the young ones, and uh, Rob and I work together in the, in the fall when the groups start, and we look at the groups and go, okay, that one's ready to move. That They've got changed levels. They've It's clicked for them. They're, they're stronger now, or they're trying that step now. And we encourage them, and each child... And each person is an individual, so you have to learn how to uh, work with their strengths. And sometimes you've got to get creative with the steps and say, okay, pretend you're stepping. Uh, there's one step I tell them to pretend they're stepping on a dime and pushing it away. Whereas another child, I can say, just stamp and kick your foot and they get it. Each child has to be approached differently. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with, uh, I know as seniors, and Rob will agree with this, I'm sure that as seniors, you dance with one person and you dance very fluidly. And the next person, you're struggling. You're 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 both trying to find your spot, and you're you're struggling with the steps. It does is not as smooth. And we try and do that with the kids. That we try and match them with somebody, or with a dance, or with steps that are fluid for them and make them comfortable. Build up their pride in themselves. Build up their um, 
energy and know that they are very, I can't think of the word, but know that they can do the next step. They're willing to try the next harder step mm-hmm. because they they know that they've hit a strength and they know I can do that. I can try the next yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's that self-confidence because at the end of the day, you're also doing it up on stage in front right. of people, in front of your peers, in front of your family and in front of strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, as people get into the higher levels, let's say the juniors and the intermediates, what would be some of the things that you would start introducing at that stage? Well, when I get them, they've had a, a great introduction to the basics and they also are allowed to, you know, show off as steps that they would want to do and when they come to me they get to do that too and show okay I saw that senior do that step I like that step I want to do it and then they try it and they keep perfecting it Um, we work on when they get into intermediates we work on precision and being that perfectionist we kind of hone that perfectionism to them and making a straight hand and in Ukraine as Cindy can tell we don't have any elbows Our, our arms are straight you must have a straight hand and all at the same time. So we work on that precision as they get older. And then when they become seniors, they get to show off. They get to make their own step, learn a step they want to do. And when they put it into Hopak, that's their step. And they work so hard to master those steps. Because you're kind of alluding to the fact that there are a lot of solos <clears throat> at that level. There's a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as you say, there's uh, a group efforts, there's pairings, and then there's the solos. Maybe walk me through that. those three. So you have some moves where it's like all the ladies together and all the men together. Some of them where it's a lady and a man doing something, and then right. it's the solo solos. Maybe your thoughts on that. Well, the group steps are amazing. It's so nice to see that precision happen. And you see them work as a group. It, all, it makes you want your heart stop to see them all moving at the same time. They're working as a team. They're working as a group. They're as a family. They know where each other, where the other dancer is, and they're all timing themselves together. Uh, with solos, that's your chance to show off. That's your chance to show your strength. And that's your can- chance to dance with that person you wouldn't normally get to sometimes, too to show a step that you two have worked together out or three together or uh, work a smaller group. It's, it's amazing. I know with the reunion group, it was really a lot of fun to work out those solos because we got to go, hey, I've always wanted to do, or hey, we were, this always looks so beautiful. Let's do this one together. Mm-hmm. You're, we, we obviously have evolved to the reunion dancers. To your point, you've been seeing the evolution of dance over the years. Obviously, your body is not as young as it used to be, and I saw a few uh, cheats, if you will, where, where, you know, uh, one person would lie down on the floor, and, you know, the the crowd loved it. Absolutely. So maybe walk me through some of the the involvement of defining that dance for the reunion dancers. Uh, The reunion dance was, was very easy. Everybody came to it. Um, we had some sort of structure in place as an opening and an ending, but the middle part was all about who wanted to do what. What solo did you want to do? What group work did you want to do? Who did you want to dance with? And it just flowed so easy. We included some family elements in there because we had brothers, sisters, uh, um, mothers, sons. Like, There's a lot of family involved in that. So that we kind of worked that in there, but the solos were just amazing to uh, be able to do again. And obviously it was like, I used to do this solo. I don't know if I can do it again, but I'm going to try. And a lot of them worked at it to get that step that they used to do or the step that they wanted to do. Um, It was just total fun. 
you brought up a great story earlier when we were talking yeah. about the evolution uh, uh, of uh, a companionship, for lack of a better term, through dance. Maybe walk me through that. Okay, well, when I came back to start teaching dance again, uh, my son was four, and I would leave him with my parents while I came to teach. Uh, after the first couple of months, he said, wanted to know where I was going, and he came with me. So he's joined when he was about five years old. And he joined that group, and he's been with dance now 15 years. Uh, when he was five, the group he danced was with a young lady. Her name was Megan, or her, her name is Megan. Now, 15 years later, they are a couple, and they have been dancing together. And when people say to me, oh, they're so cute together, did they go to school together? How do they meet? And I say, well, honestly, they're, we're dance partners. And they have been dance partners, and they still are. And they're the best of friends. They can fight well together. But they mesh well. It's kind of like the way Rob and I do. We mesh well. People think we're married. I have to remind people we're just dance partners. But that's how we bounce off each other because that is what dance is. We get along so well and we evolve that we're one big family. Now after reunion, we're not going to lose touch with all these people that we did reunion dance with because we're all family. Mm -hmm. Well, you brought it best. So some relationships, you know, dance partners as an example, the, you know, and you see this in, in professionals and whatnot, the relationship that you have with a dance partner, whether or not that's ice skating or ice dancing or, or figure dancing, or figure skating. Thank that, you. That's it. Took me, a, yeah. took me a, you know, they have a relationship. Too many Kozaks. To, uh, we're, okay. Before, <laughs> we'll get back to that one in a second. There's certain relationships that you can't have you know, as you say, with your husband that you have with your dance partner because there's just a, a, a different level uh, of meshing, as you say. It's, it's just a, a, trust. a trust. And I think you said it best. When you have a relationship that's evolved through dance for 15 years, trust is not an issue at that stage. No, no. It, it, it's, you're perfectly, you're very comfortable with this person. You're used to changing in the same change room with them. You're not flashing anything, but you're still... You're the best of friends. You trust each other. You know that if you slip, they're there to catch you always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, to your point, trust is, is the hardest commodity. Now, the red boots, because we're going to get to the drink in a perfect, second. Perfect, perfect. So explain to me the red boots, because that's a rite of passage, if I understand correctly. It is a rite of passage. It's when you get to that highest point. I know with Rob's uh, senior group this year, and he can probably explain it best, the reaction when those young ladies and young men got their red boots this year. Yeah, it, those red boots we had to order from Ukraine. Some ordered them from Ukraine, um, and as soon as they came in, it was just this, it was like Christmas morning opening up this box to get your red boots. It, it Dancing as a senior isn't complete until you get those red boots on your feet. So they've been practicing for five or six months in slippers, waiting for those red boots. And it's just that I have them, I am officially a senior when they put on the red boots. And I don't know if you can tell, but mine have been through many years of, of dancing. They fit like a glove, and um, it's just one of those things that you will never, ever forget. When you got your red boots and um, putting them on and dancing for them with them, in the first time. Why red boots, though? It's the Poltava region. It's that, it's that dance and show. The red boots are a part of that costume, uh, and they are, again, it's it's the epitome of dancing mm. when you put those red boots on. Now I'm drinking a, a red mixture right now that I've been told is the sweat 
of a red boot or something of that nature. Um, Explain to me what that is. Well, let's just say it's made up of a lot of hard work and a lot of vodka, because that's what, you know, we love the best. And uh, sometimes we do mix them when we don't have uh, mixers around. You just put them in the red boot, shuffle them around in the red boot. Softens uh, and the leather. Vodka gets that, <laughs> that red flow to it. And then you pour it back in a glass and it's uh, ready to drink. I got to tell you, it's quite tasty. Absolutely. Your final thoughts on 40 years of international villages? I'm waiting for the next 40. Yeah? Yep, I'll do it. Because one of the things we did bring up was, and, and this is in the previous conversation, is that generational gap to keep something like the International Villages going. Maybe your thoughts on that? Uh, it is a generational gap, and I think it just needs to be rejuvenated. Trevor touched on it earlier that in the 80s, it was huge. Shuttle buses, 22 villages, eight days. I think it was 22 performances in a week for, I know, the Ukrainian villages. It, it was never, it's not, a, it was never competitive, but... It was, um, you embraced the people from the other villages. It's you, you, we are all of a kind, whether you're Italian, you're Hungarian, you're Polish, you're Ukrainian, Chinese, it didn't matter. We were all embracing our culture and it was a good for you, show me your colors kind of thing. And um, it kind of went by the wayside a bit. A few people still say, villages, are they still going? And it's enjoying a resurgence, and I'm hoping that it will go another 40 years. I, we want to bring the young people in and, and start experiencing how do the cooking, how the volunteering, the cultural aspect, being part of a, of a community. Mm-hmm. 40 years, it, it was amazing. I danced in the very first village here at the U, Village Ukraina, and honestly, I can't remember it, but I've seen pictures and um, it was just that um, fun and the development of it and everything progresses in life. You go to school, you get married, you have kids, but one thing remained the same and consistent with, I know my family, uh, is Ukrainian dancing. I started out dancing, then I started teaching, then I had kids, they started dancing, and now I'm instructing my kids are in the senior dance group. Uh, Cindy's instructing. Cindy's boy is in the senior dance group. And it's just that family atmosphere, the continuation of our culture. And I know they are just as excited as dancing as we are. And when they have kids, they will continue. Not anytime soon. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I said it with a pause. But <laughs> I'm closer than you are, but I'm not ready yet. <laughs> Reintroduce yourself. I'm Rob Paul. And I'm Cindy Allgate. And this is Radio Ukraine. <laughs> and I'm Robert Levine, your social business mentor. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Social Business Hangout. My name is Robert Levine, and you can reach me at socialbusinessmentor.com. The Social Business Hangout podcast series is available on iTunes. This podcast was recorded in Brantford, Ontario on July 3rd, 2013, at the 40th year of the Brantford International Villages. I'd like to thank my guests, Trevor Cheruka, Rob Paul, and Cindy Aldgate.